Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I'm so happy to have you join me today, and I'm thrilled to have my guest, Sherry, with me. She's uh, written a book that I think is much needed because we have a tendency to focus on older people when we talk about grief and dying, and people of all ages die. And it's very important to be able to have ways to support and relate to them. And she's, she's written just a beautiful book that is good for, what would you say, around mostly junior high school age, but really kind of on either side of that? Yes. We tried to target 8 to 12-year-olds. A lot of adults are asking me why I would think it was only targeted to 8 to 12-year-olds. And I think that you can take the story down in a little bit more simplicity to kindergartners and first grades. The, the, The concept is definitely tellable. Yeah, I, I could see that when I was reading it. I thought that I could see uh, storytelling with a a younger child, that this would be a great story to share with them. Yes. So tell us a little bit about uh, about the book. Why why did you write this? (laughs) So the book's title is Heaven's Bell, and it's a story that I had told verbally probably three times when it was really meaningful to people that I thought needed to hear it. And the very first time I told the story, I did tell it to a first grader in a very abbreviated way. And then I had people that the it touched their lives and they said, you should write it down. And that just kind of scared me because I didn't identify as an author. I think my superpower is storytelling, but to take it from just this verbal story that I could hand somebody a bell and tell them the story about the bells in heaven was a lot different than writing a book. But when COVID hit, the, we, we were losing so many people And um, so many people were dying and we didn't have church and we didn't have living rooms and we didn't have a way to support one another. And I thought, boy, this story could help so many people remember their loved ones. And um, so there's a lot of elements in the story that I think coincide with COVID. Like there's a remote goodbye. There's the ability to think about your loved ones and maybe get signs of, you know, that your loved one is thinking about you too just kind of how everybody copes a little differently with grief. So all those pieces and parts came from, from just wanting to help people. And the, I call it my COVID passion project. And since then it it really seems to have resonated with a lot of people. That's wonderful. I, I know a lot of what I do came out of the pandemic also is it, it just was the timing when, when oh. things happened. I, I had my book in the works before the the pandemic, but it actually came out in January of 21. So it was uh, really relevant. And it's so important to have ways to to reach out to people. And this one, it's different than anything I've ever read before. And I, you talked about your, your uh, talent with storytelling and that's, it's a beautifully told story. I just really like the way you did it. You, you have a, a real gift 
with the, the, the art of storytelling and it translated perfectly to writing. So I'm, I'm glad you weren't too afraid to do it because it's, it's wow. really wonderful. <laughs> well, and that's a big compliment coming from you considering oh. this is what you teach and you've got your own book. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Tell us a little bit about the story or maybe you'd like to kind of tell us the story. Sure. So the concept of Heaven's Bell is that ever since I was a little girl, some of us in my generation didn't go to a lot of funerals, didn't have either didn't experience a lot of death or maybe were shielded a little bit from going to funerals and going to visitations. It was more of, a, of an adult thing, in, at least in my family. And so I made a story up about Heaven's Bells and that when a loved one died and went to heaven, they had their own special bells or a bell. And that bell, when I thought about him or her, would have a special tone, a special ring, and they would know I was down on earth thinking of them. And so that's really kind of the simple story that I would tell. And then again, I think the younger you are as a child, the more tangible, maybe something that they could hold or look at with a bell, allowed them to kind of at least connect the dot and process, okay, they're not here physically, but is there a way I can still remember them and, and not be sad? And so the story really took on one Heaven's Bell story, but everybody has multiple Heaven's Bell stories, right? All different relationships, different memories, and those bells can ring throughout heaven, you know, regardless of who you're, you're thinking about. And it's just a beautiful sound. Um, so this particular story, um, I decided to look at the uh, middle school, two 11-year-olds, Partly because when I looked at the literature, you had some of the really like Bernstein Bears, you know, um, real early childhood literature. And then you had some of the heavier things that are still very useful, but maybe not in a way that starts conversations. So this story is about two 11-year-olds and uh, it's Cody and Ashley. And Cody dies early in the book and goes to heaven. And Ashley stays on earth and lives a, a long life. And the book it takes place in parallel universes. So we get to see what's going on with Cody in heaven, and we get to see what's going on with Ashley on earth, and the and the, the signs and the memories and the conversations that are taking place in their own worlds. And it just vividly described what I thought heaven looked like. You know, so it's not left to the reader's imagination. It's described as outer space almost like what an 11-year-old would describe. And there's, there's monitors in the hallways. There's bell-hanging celebrations. Cody gets to see different relatives um, and just learns a lot about his life, but also yeah, reunites with Ashley in the end, and it just kind of continues their story. So the feedback from readers is, although it's a book about death, it really is a book about love and friendship. And the feedback that I'm getting is it gives my readers a place to be able to find joy along with their grief and their healing. And it's fiction. So it's just maybe a little escape that allows them to be able to think of their loved ones in a different way. That's, that's so beautiful. And it's, it's nice to have that different way to think of it and something more kind of concrete. It seems like the younger the, the child is, the, I don't know whether it's closer to heaven that they are so that they get it a little bit more than the, the people that become jaded as they grow up. You were just making me think about my, my daughter when she was about 
first grade, it must have been first grade, there was an Easter egg hunt at her school. And it was it was for anybody in the community. You didn't have to go to that school. And they had it in a, a fenced off area and the parents had to stay outside and only kids of a certain age would be let in and they'd do their hunt and then they'd come out and they'd re reestablish the eggs and do that for about three different age groups. Well, when it was time for Abby to go in, there was this little girl that was there with her mother and she was in an umbrella stroller and she looked like she was my daughter's age or maybe younger. So she looked like she'd qualify to go into that, but she also looked like she was too old to be in a stroller. And so when, when they opened the gate and Abby and all the other kids went in, her mom started to push her in and they said, you can't take her in there. And she said, but she's the right age group. And she said, well, you can't go in because it's only for, and she said, excuse me, you know, she can't push her own umbrella stroller. And my daughter was listening to it and she came over and she was really upset. Everybody had their own little Easter baskets. My daughter came over and dumped all of her stuff she'd picked up in her Easter basket into this little girl's Easter basket and then took the stroller and took her on in. So, and I didn't know the girl and didn't know her mom, but we, we had a a conversation about that afterwards. And it turns out that the little girl had a Wilms tumor. It's a kidney cancer. Mm. And that that was kind of it. She wasn't going to be there a whole lot longer. Mm. And I, Abby and the little girl just hit it off. And I said, well, you must live close to us since we live close to the school. And it turns out we were like two blocks away. And I said, would you mind if Abby came to visit her? And she was thrilled to death because she didn't have any children coming to visit her. Sure. And so it it turns out I was working as a nurse at at the time. And my schedule, I got off a little bit after, or yeah, after when their school got out and I was having somebody uh, watch her. And she said, well, why don't you just let her come over every day after school and then you can just pick her up from here then that way she gets to spend a lot of time with uh, this girl and I did and they formed the most beautiful relationship and it was so cool to watch them and as the girl got weaker and weaker Abby would tell her stories she'd sit down next to her and tell her stories this little first grader the little girl had dolls and she'd pick up the dolls and when the girl wasn't able to to uh, do that she'd pick up the dolls for her and they'd, they'd make up their own little stories that were going on and it was it was absolutely beautiful and she had such a nice relationship with her and I, it made me think it's so cool that that they she didn't mind she had no judgment of what the girl looked like because she didn't have any hair and that tumor had led to other tumors so she had these big like bumps all over her she could have been scary to look at her and my daughter didn't see that at all she just saw her friend and and it was so the the storytelling aspect of it of, of her telling stories to this little girl and playing with her I thought that is so wonderful I wonder how many other people out there could could use stories right. and use somebody to befriend them and, and tell the stories with them. Yes. And I did have a couple of readers that actually the person that was dying read the story along with um, their family. And now the, that person is in heaven 
And I've heard from the family members that it's just fun to be able to think about the story and place her in some of the various descriptions and places that we talk about in heaven. And there's just a piece to that. And they were able to talk about the story before they died and, you know, where they'll be Mm -hmm. up in heaven. So it's, it's interesting. Storytelling is so powerful and um, such a great way to be able to create authenticity and, and kindness. It's, I love stories. Yeah. I love memories. I love listening to what people remember about their, their loved ones. There's, there's so much love and compassion that can be expressed in stories, even when you, when it's difficult to say things in, in normal conversation, you can get a message through with telling a story about it instead, especially for, for younger people. Yes. I think that that's, that's really a beautiful way to do it. I think the fiction aspect of a pretty heavy conversation, and I think, you know, Heaven's Bell doesn't preclude the spirituality and the religious aspects that you believe or however you celebrate and and um, honor a loved one who has died. I don't think it's a substitute, but I do feel like it's another way that a conversation could start that is a little safer mm-hmm. and maybe a little more, um, a little less intimidating. Yeah. Especially when you're in that age group. It's um, sometimes we forget that they are very perceptive and don't want to make us sad and uh, right. maybe get a little quiet and and don't necessarily want to ask too many questions or talk about it because we don't want to make mom or grandma sad. Yeah. Wow. That's so true. Well, you just told me something exciting that I didn't realize that you just had another book come out, a, a journal, and I'm all yes. about journaling and writing. I, I yes. just think that that's such a wonderful way to deal with grief and to have a journal for young people to uh, do. It, it's really neat. So tell us about that. Well, thank you. Well, what happened is with, with Heaven's Bell, I don't know, the... Um, when people were done reading the book, if you look at their reviews online, and if you look at my website, you have a lot of people talking about their loved ones, their memories. I mean, people were complimentary of the book, but it really wasn't about the book or the story. Mm-hmm. It's what the story did. It's what the story evoked as far as memories. And so in the back of the book, the, the Heaven's Bell book, there are some lined pages for memories and some places to draw but I felt like it wasn't enough. And so I just took some of the stories and the memories that were shared with me from readers and flipped them into prompts, into questions. And so the journal is called Ring to Remember, and it's sold in in a two book set. So if you go to Heaven's Bell, you'll find the journal as well. And I called it a Heaven's Bell grief journal and memory book. And so in there are really, I'm going to say unintimidating prompts. And just, it's about being curious. And so the, the, the journal, you can open it up to any page. There's no order. You can do it any way you want to fill it out. You can draw on it. You can write in it. But there's just some really, there's just some really fun questions that I think are um, not fun, just light questions that might be able to be a space for you to be able to write down your memories in a safe place that isn't going to make anybody else sad but at least you have the opportunity to remember them. 
Um, I'm trying to look at maybe for a, a prompt here. Uh, and just things like, aside from special occasions, are there other days that you find yourself thinking of and missing your loved one? What are the ordinary routines you miss with them? Mm. So just, just places to be able to think about them and you can pick it up. It doesn't have to be all be done at one time or in any order. And so I'm just, I feel like it completes the book. You know, you can read the story and then it gives you, gives you a place to express or even as a family, that journal can be filled out by family members. And, you know, you could have multiple answers to that one question from different vantage points, which then creates even more heaven spell memories. Yeah, so I, I could see that it would be a, a wonderful project to do with the family together to, you know, maybe maybe one person does the writing, but you're all discussing the the response to whatever the prompt is. Yes. I, I, I just, I think journaling helps so much. I, I really, I teach writing through grief. That's that's my big thing. And I encourage people to journal all the time. And sometimes I'll say something, well, I'm not sure what to say. And if you have some, some prompts, especially, I started to say non-threatening, but that sounds kind of negative and that's not right. what I mean. They, it, they're prompts that sure. are, are positive and, and they, they just spark your imagination or get you started. And then once, once you start writing, you can write. It's the, the thing of getting the pen to paper initially. That's the challenge usually that people find. And then they, they can really fall in love with journaling once yeah. they get started and, and once they're not intimidated by it. Right. And I like that everybody can draw, everybody can tape a photograph into that book everybody can write or tell somebody else the story that they can write down for them and I like that it's it's family oriented because that's really what we're trying to do we're trying to create a place where the entire family can have this common language of the story but then bring their own memories and I just I just don't think there's something else out there like that you know, I, my, I envision this journal yeah. and this book on top of a casserole and being delivered to a family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, A casserole topper. Really <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Never thought of something like that, but that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I think I, I have seen and heard of families kind of falling apart because they didn't know how to talk to each other in, in those kinds of circumstances. And if you have something that, that can kind of guide you in a, in a warm hug sort of a way, yes. that I think that uh, it, it could really make a, a difference for the family. Yes, I do. And I think, it's, I think it's holistic. I think sometimes, you know, depending on who we know or, you know, what do you do for middle schoolers? You know, it's just, it's hard. You send flowers or food or, you know, but, but you could even put, Coloring, coloring crayons or pencils or anything into a bag with this, you know, even if it's just a couple of bottles of water and, but it's an activity that I think is safe and um, appropriate for anyone and, and any age. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's, that's just part of my why. And I go all the way back to COVID. It's like, what can we do to help all this, this, this death and these poor families and these children that are getting you know, just they're losing caregivers and parents and grandchildren. So it was just, I just 
try to incorporate that into the story and then the following the journal as well. So I hope it's making a difference. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> well, it's it's a beautiful book. I got the opportunity to read it, the, the whole thing cover to cover. And you can you can feel Sherry's sweet voice and attitude uh, come through in the writing. So it is a is a very soothing, comforting easy to be with kind of a book. And that's, that I think is, is kind of um, critical in a situation like this. Yes. And, and speaking of sweet voices, you just reminded me that it's also in an audible. Oh, cool. And, uh, because Broadway was shut down when we put this out, um, we were able to get so many talented actresses to play Ashley. And um, so she does a great job of, telling the story and there's a lot of different characters in it. So she, she does a great job as well. So if it's something you want to listen to in the car or as a family, or, you know, my grandmother had a hard time seeing. Uh, so, you know, just to even have the audible there in case you're not a strong reader, um, it's, it's another way to consume the story. Oh, that's wonderful. That's, that's uh, I'm so glad that we're doing things like that now. You know, so that there there are multiple ways, so nobody gets left out. Right. Everybody can can find a way to get something or enjoy something. Yes, it's really quite quite lovely. Well, this it's wonderful to talk to you. I'm hoping that everybody's going to go out and and uh, get a book set to put on top of their casseroles that they deliver. Yes. <laughs> That's probably a crazy imagery, but if that, I love it. If that keeps with all of your listeners and it's something that they remember, then we've done our job, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's quite wonderful. And in, in the show notes, I'll have the name of the book and, and where you can get it and all that sort of thing and how you can uh, see Sherry get more information about her. So I'm so glad that you joined me today. This was just delightful. And I smiled so hard through the whole thing. It feels good. (laughs) Well, thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. And I wish you the best of luck in continuing your message of healing and, and help. So thank you. Thank you very much. And for my listeners, we'll see you again next week with another wonderful guest. And I'm, I'm so glad that you listen along with us. Aloha. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode 